So maybe you're new to Only Believe or you've just been here a while observing, but you're not involved. You know you're a part of a bigger picture, but you don't know exactly what that looks like. I'm Pastor Nicole. I'm asking you to become a member here at Only Believe. Spend a Saturday morning with me, the first Saturday of the month, and let me share with you this wonderful prayer that we pray for your life. I wanna discuss it with you. You know, it's important that we know who God is, and then when we know who He is, our soul and our hearts begin to change, and we find freedom from things that often have been a vice in our life or chains that the devil meant to hold us bound. And then I'm gonna help you discover your purpose. We're gonna go through a class together and learn what you were designed to do. And then we're gonna do that and make a difference in the kingdom. See, everyone has a part to play in the body of Christ. I want you to find yours. Join me Saturday for next steps. You will definitely see what's next for you. that you saw on your pew. What are you supposed to do with them? It's real simple. All you're doing is taking one and inviting someone to church. You can leave them at a restaurant when you sign for the check and leave a card to invite someone. I like to leave them when I get gas. I leave them at the pump because everyone's got to stop and get gas. We also had another person post one on social media, took a picture of it and invited people to church and someone saw the post and came with them. So I wanna encourage you, take a card today, find a creative way to leave it for someone to get people to the house of God. Why? Because here we know God, we find freedom, we discover our purpose, and this is the point of making a difference. Love you all, grab your card today and go make a difference. That was quick. Welcome, everyone. Good morning. You're all looking lovely this morning. Are you glad to be in the house of the Lord? Amen. Amen. Being tired from the week, you know, of fighting the devil and all these kind of things. And when you get here on a Sunday morning and you just are able to be free and worship the Lord, it's just wonderful. And it just takes you through that whole week till about Wednesday. And then Wednesday, you're needing the Lord again. And so then we come and, and be together again. I just think it's a church is just a freedom place to just worship the Lord and just let all your cares go and do what God's called you to do, you know? Uh, <clears throat> well, I want to welcome all the first-time guests here this morning. If you're here for the first time, uh, look in the pew in front of you, in the back of the pew, and there's a little card. And if you would be so kind and fill out that card and take it out to the Welcome Center, 
they want to get to know you and we want to get to know you. Okay? And that way we'll be able to because we'll know your name and, and all that. And we'll just be able to get you plugged in somewhere if you want to stay. Now, welcome live streamers. I haven't forgotten you. We're glad that you're out there and you're live streaming. But we want you in the house of the Lord. It's time to come home. Shake off that old stuff that's, that's keeping you at home, fear, whatever it might be, and come back to the house of the Lord, all right? Because we miss you. You're our family. You're our ears, our eyes, our fingers, our toes, our heart, all of it. So we miss you, so come on home, all right? To the family of faith. And then uh, I want to encourage you, all of you, to check in on social media. And this is a great way to show your friends or people what church you go to. And if they're looking for a church, then they may click on and check it out. You know, check out your church and like it and then come and share with us. Uh, another great way to share the word is by sharing the live stream feed. Okay, when you share that, this puts the service in front of all your friends on your list. So they get to see that as well. Now, if you haven't signed up for a dream team, we want to encourage you to do so. And you can pick a form up out at the Welcome Center. And each and every one of you, listen, you have a gifting. You have a unique gift that God has given you. And we want to place you where you need to be in the body of Christ. And your giving will, your, your gifting will do that when we see what you're gifted to do. You, you're not going to believe. When I took that little assessment thing, you know what it told me I was gifted to do? And you don't cheat on those things because you want to find out what's real. It said I was called to be an exhorter. Yeah. And a pastor. And discernment. And that's exactly, I thought, man, how in the world? Well, it said prophet, but we won't go there. Because I'm not calling myself a prophet. But anyway, that's what it said. And I thought, wow, how accurate is that test? But anyway, so go out there and, and get signed up or get your paper, whatever it is. I think it's a, a form at the Welcome Center because we want to find the best place where we can put you, okay? Because the body of Christ needs your giftings. They really do. And uh, <clears throat> so uh, I hate, this is, this is sad, so sad. Um, Charlie Dosick, which is my husband's brother and Carol Dosick's husband, went home to be with the Lord Friday at 7.22 p.m. And do I have time to tell the real quick story, Pastor? Okay, real quick. He was, uh, he, they took him off the ventilator and he, because he was on a ventilator, they took him off. He talked to the whole family for like four hours, or on and off for four hours. This is what I heard, Carol. I hope, hope I'm right. And uh, so then they all left. They thought, oh, wow, Charlie's doing great. He's doing really good. So they all left. And uh, so the nurse came in, and Charlie kicked off all the covers, just knocked them off, and he says, I'm going home. And she thought, oh, well, he's probably just hot or whatever, uncomfortable. I'll leave the covers off of him. She walks out of the room, comes right back in. He was gone home. He went home that quick. 
It just, yeah, it just amazed me. So he was a longtime faithful member and a servant of the, of the church and of the Lord. Oh, my gosh. He was a prayer warrior. Eric said, <laughs> these are not Eric's words. These are my words, that when he would go to the hotel uh, next to him when they were over in another country, that Eric would hear him pray. All he, when he'd leave, he was praying. When he came back, he was praying. So in other words, I'm saying he probably drove Eric crazy because he prayed all day and all night. <laughs> so anyway, the services will be at, um, they'll be here at the church at, um, let me see here. The viewing will be Friday 6 to 8 p.m. Or I'm sorry, Thursday. And uh, Friday will be the uh, funeral at 11 a.m. here at Only Believe. And so just love on Carol and Pastor and... Listen, he was just a great guy. That's all I can say. He considered everyone else but himself. And I hated to give you that news, but you know what? We can worship now because he's in heaven. So let's just worship the Lord. Well, if you would stand to your feet this morning. I know this. Charlie wouldn't come back for anything. Once he's in heaven, he's dancing with the Lord. Amen? So let's, let's give our all to Jesus today. Let's worship the Lord like he's right here because he is. He's right here in our midst. Amen? There is no shadow that has ever overcome your light. There is no rival that could ever stand against your might you've always been with us every battle you've already won we've already won there is no weapon that is
God is able to save. Oh, come on now. Sing that again. Because my God is able to save and deliver and give and restore.
church. Let's sing this this morning.
good. Hallelujah. He takes what's meant to kill you, emotionally wound you, physically harm you, financially break you, and turns it in to something that brings you blessing, that heals you from where you were, that keeps you out here and not back here emotionally, right? Because God is the healer, amen. He takes what looks horrible and makes it better. Only God can. So it's tithing and offering time and only believe. We continue our worship as we give because we continue in the devotion to our Lord and Savior. But I want to talk to you about a scripture in Proverbs today, the third chapter, verse 9 and 10. Now, I want to remind you that the author of this book was a very wise man. His name was King Solomon. He was known as the one who God gave lots of wisdom and lots of knowledge to. He was known throughout the land to be very wise. So I would say that what he wrote should be important because he wasn't no Joe Schmo. Here's what he had to say. Honor the Lord with your substance. That means wealth. With the first fruits of all of your crops. In modern day, give him the first tenth off of everything you make. That's easy. We don't, not all of us grow crops anymore. Some of us do, but not all of us. Then your barns. See, it's that word then. Because if you don't do the first part of the scripture, if you don't do nine, you don't get to receive ten. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing. Then your wallets will be filled to overflowing. And your vats will brim over, run over with new wine. Why? So that you can build better houses, buy five cars instead of two when there's only two people in your family? No. So you can do the work of the kingdom. See, so you can do what God's asked you to do. Now, by all means, if you want five cars, I'm not against that. I'm just saying somewhere there becomes when is enough enough. And you're going to get off of your business and start doing the Lord's business. Then your barns will be filled. But first, we have to do what God's asked us to do. Because out of our devotion to him, we do what he asks. Amen? So today, as we tithe, remember... A wise man once said, give God the first fruits and all, all of it. Then your barns will be filled and you won't have any need. I know that goes against the grain of what the world says to do. Because the world says store it up, but God says give it away. And then I give you more. Let's pray over our tithes. Father, we come before you today. And Lord, we give our tithe according to the written word of the Lord. Father, we believe that what your word says, it means. And what it means, it will do. And we live our life in belief of that word. Now, Father, we thank you, Lord, that as we give today, as your word is said, that our, bone, our barns will be filled to overflowing in our vats. Father, because we honor you with our first fruits. Father, as always, I count it an honor to give unto the kingdom of God. And I thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to do that which you've asked me to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Go ahead and bring your tithes and offerings. The world in the middle is for missions. If you'd like to donate to that, you're more than welcome to do so. Thank you.
praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, praise the Lord. Come on, you missed a good place to shout. Praise the Lord. Hmm. Well, I get to preach today on becoming. Somebody say becoming. That means there's a process to do and a process to undo. I want to preach to you tonight, today, from about becoming free from stress, anxiety, worry, and fear. There is a plague across America, it's really across the world, has catapulted into the number one disease of the medical profession, and it is mental disease, far outweighs the... Uh, physical diseases that men fight and overcome. It creates more problems than physical disease. It's called depression, bipolarism, anxiety, fear, torment, vexation. And there are a million other titles that would cloak its activity but what you and I need to understand is that God is the answer to all of it. Amen. Amen? That there's nothing impossible with God. And I, read, I know that many of us have seen people touched and healed. What we have to do is remember that God didn't start something that he's not continuing in every generation, in every day, in every life of every man and woman. God's not a respected person, amen? And so I want to talk to you today about becoming free from stress, from anxiety, from worry, and from fear. Now, some of you might say, well, aren't they all in the same? No, they aren't all in the same. No more than just dislike is the same as hatred or lovelessness is the same as dislike. No, they, they aren't the same at all. But they are in the same family. They are laid strategically into men and women's lives with an end result in the future of the one that is a prison maker. That is the devil. The devil is slowly ever so subtly and deceptively turning America and many of our lives. This is not condemned to condemn you, but this is to help you and to awaken you. Because whatever you don't deal with today is going to end up haunting you tomorrow. And whatever you don't deal with today, you will end up giving to your family and your children in your tomorrows. And so, we're going to talk about becoming free. We're going to start out over in Philippians 4, 6. If you could turn your Bibles with me there, Philippians 4, 6. Hallelujah. Now, when we talk about these things today, let's be careful that we be mindful of why Paul is writing and the verbiage that Paul is using. 
Now, Paul is writing to a church at Philippi where he's had great revival, where people have been saved, the city's turned over to the Lord. But he writes to a church that is facing many things. They have questions about death. They have questions about the provision of God. They have questions about giving and receiving. It's as if they just met Paul and never learned anything. But that's not the truth. Paul is in the midst of building a mighty, mighty people for God. And he is in the midst of building or creating an opportunity for every prisoner to have a prison break. And it says this, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known unto God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, my brother, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are true or pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are good, report if there be any virtue, there be any break forth of praise because of celebration if there be any praise, you have a foundation of things that you must think on. You must think on. So we want to talk about becoming free today. Number one, we have to realize that in this passage of Scripture, it says, be careful for nothing. It says, be careful for nothing. Don't be anxious. Don't be troubled. The idea is don't allow things that would distort your image of God's answer to your life to get out of focus. Because notice that it says what you need to do when things like this happen is you need to pray. You need to make supplication. You need to present it before God. And then you need to take a stand of thanksgiving that is praiseworthy. Because God doesn't want us to be overcome and overrun. So what happens is, don't be careful, don't be anxious, don't get distracted from God's way of living life. Don't be so troubled that you forget that God is on your side. Too many of our enemies lord over us when they have no right nor authority or power to do so. Now I'm going to talk to you about getting free of stress, of anxiety, worry, and fear. Now there are a million ways that you can get rid of them in the world. Drugs, alcohol, you know, uh, hallucinetic drugs. Uh, you can get all kinds of things to get your mind off of things. But the problem is that when your mind comes back to you, it's in the same crippled place it was when you sought to escape it. You just can't get rid of it. So it tells us that we are not to fear. Don't be careful. Don't get anxious. Don't get 
strifeful, don't get stressed, don't get worrisome, and become the captive of fear for nothing. Somebody say nothing. Now, when Paul uses the word nothing, he's telling you, stop letting little things distort the image of the greatness of God's provision. Don't be anxious. Stop caring about how things are going to come out when you don't put faith in God. See, we're not a faithless people. We are a people of faith. Could again, amen. amen. See, Jesus said it's the Father's good will. Somebody say it's God's good will. It's his good pleasure to give us the kingdom. Now, what is in the kingdom? God's supernatural substance, supernatural provision. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I shall not want. He sums it all up that the Lord has become my shepherd. He is my source. I no longer provide for myself. Now, when it tells us in nothing, it simply means that we are to take a stand. It's not that things don't come your way. I'm not telling you that worry does not exist. I'm not telling you that anxiety doesn't exist. I'm not telling you that stress doesn't exist. I'm not telling you that fear doesn't ex exist. But what I'm telling you is that that's not a part of God's purpose for your life. See, when God wants to give us a kingdom, he says this. He said, I also give you the keys of the kingdom. So whatsoever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Now, we've learned that and heard that for years and years, but what it simply means this is this, that what you let happen is going to happen, and what you don't let happen is not going to happen. I give you the keys, the keys. Somebody say, I'm in charge. You are in charge of how much the enemy has or is doing in your life. I'm not pointing a finger to condemn you, but I hope that you get poked hard enough you'll wake up. Now, the Bible tells us, again, that God gives us the keys of the kingdom. What are the keys of the kingdom? The truth shall set you free. The nuggets of the truth of God's salvation and all that is involved in it is given to you. Somebody say, it belongs to me. God wants you to have it. And in these truths are keys. These keys can turn fact into just false evidence. It may be a fact that you are broke, but the truth said that if you give, it shall be given to you, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Now, that's the truth. Now, the fact is that you could be broke today. But the truth is that you don't have to stay that way. Do, do you understand what I'm saying? So God gives you keys. These keys are truths. Then the Bible tells us this. In James 4, 7, resist 
the devil. Somebody say resist the devil. Now, if you couldn't resist him, the Bible wouldn't tell you to take a stand. When you resist him, the Bible says he will, will, somebody, he will flee from you. And then it says, neither give place to the devil. Now, in today's church world, we think that the devil is some type of mystic superpower that even the Avengers cannot overcome. The devil is not some dark superhero. He is the enemy of God, and in his true identity, he is defeated. Defeated. So anything that you look at what the devil is doing, you can guarantee he doesn't have the power to bring it to pass without your help. I'll say that again. He is defeated. And when you find out what Jesus had defeated in the devil's life over your life, you can, without a shadow of a doubt, know that he cannot win without your help. The problem is a lot of us just want to be employed even if it's in the line of destruction. We just want to be a part of something. I don't want to be a part of something. I want to be a part of him. Amen? All right. So we're going to talk about becoming free from strife or stress, anxiety, worry, and fear. Now, I've mentioned that several times, and I hope something has just locked in to one of the blank spots in your mind. How to become free of stress, anxiety, worry, and fear. Four building blocks to a believing, faithless, non-receiver Christian. Now that's pretty powerful. Now the Bible says don't be careful for nothing. You have to handle this stress, this anxiety, this worry, and this fear in the way that God tells you to handle it. Have you ever some, seen somebody uh, put a fork into a, maybe a potato in a stew and the mother yelled, don't put that in your mouth, it's too hot. But you go ahead and put it in your mouth and then you're trying to suck in enough cold air to cool it off to get free from the fire you just caused yourself. Now remember, whatever you don't deal with, your children are going to inherit. The first thing that the church, you and I, must understand is that the devil is strategically building in our lives, one stone at a time, a place that a spirit 
can inhabit, control, and express itself, and it's a spirit of fear. But the forerunners of the spirit of fear is stress, anxiety, and worry. So we need to ha know how to handle it. Now, stress is kind of, everybody's got it, I guess. Uh, it might be good if, if it could be said that it could put you under stress that you trained to meet a moment or you trained for a fight or a race. Boy, I'm under the pressure. I'm under stress. I got to get better. I got to do this. I got to do that. That may be a motivating stress. But most of the stress that people face in life and deal with is because of an attempt to deal with life without God. Stress is simply a strong physical or emotional tension that produces frustration, anger, and confusion in people's lives. You know what stress tries to do? It's really a, a, a crazy thing. It's been said in, in one of the dictionaries that stress is an inward attempt to deal with outward pressure. Now, where does outward pressure come from? comes from life. What did Jesus come to give to you? I come to give you life and it more abundantly. And he come to give it to you freely. Freely. Well, how come it freaks us out? How come it stresses us out that we can have heart attacks? We can have kidney problems, liver problems, breathing problems. What in the world is stress? Stress is an attempt for you to deal with a world that is governed by spiritual powers on your own strength. And do I have a doctor in the house today? Do I have a practitioner? If I was encouraged, you don't die today. <laughs> now, they will tell you that stress when it is loosed in the human body and not dealt with, it will begin to draw strength from organs that are in the human body. That's why stress affects the overall health of every person that is dominated by it. I mean, your doctors will tell you, you've got to get rid of this stress. Well, I can. I moved all my in-laws out, out of the country. I'm still stressed. We get stressed because we handle life by inward strength and inward resolve. You cannot do it. It's impossible. You've got to get rid of it. Then what does stress lead to? Stress leads to anxiety what is anxiety anxiety if not dealt with will cause you to end up being tormented by thoughts that you have never experienced in your life anxiety 
anxiety has to be dealt with by faith in God. If it does not, it will lay the third stone of fear in your life, and that will be worry. So we have to restrain from being anxious. What is anxious? Constantly thinking about something over and over and over and over and over. Now, you never think it through. You never get to the end of the thought process. And all it does is steal from you the peace of God and God's desired outcome in your life. So it does. You, you are anxious. Oh, I, I, I just, I, I, I'm just concerned about... Now, this doesn't mean that you don't think through things through. It doesn't mean you don't compare things. It doesn't mean that you don't weigh out the good and the bad. It doesn't mean you don't shop at Walmart, yet you go online and make sure that Target uh, is not cheaper. That doesn't mean that. What it means is that you begin to be plagued with continual thoughts of negative outcomes. Have you ever met somebody that was anxious? They worried about everything. Anxious, they talked about everything over and over and over, but never come to a result. What is that? That's being anxious. And if anxious is not dealt with by God, by faith in his provision, you are going to end up being overtaken by worry. Now, worry is an intensified, it's kind of like anxiety on steroids. Now, they're all of the same family, so we can't always just separate them all, but they are in the same family. Now, worry does this. Worry begins to replace anything positive with a negative outcome. Have you ever thought of that? Well, what are you worried about? Well, I'm worried about this. Well, you can't change it, can you? No, but I'm still worried. See, you cannot grasp a thought that God can turn it around. And what does that lead to? A spirit of fear. We all know the uh, story that when an unclean spirit went out of a man, he came back and found the house decorated and he brought with him seven others. Do you realize that the devil is laying stress in the men's lives? Please handle it on your own. Secondly, he brings anxiety. Please allow yourself to become unstable about the way you perceive positive things. And then would you please allow me to introduce you to the third stone that fear is based on worry. Let me consume your thought life with negative outcomes. Negative outcomes. So we got to make sure that we don't allow these things to take place in our life. Could again, amen. When people get into the place of strife, 
you know, we got vitamins, we got vitamin B, we got, you know, we got rub on vitamins, we got spray in vitamins, we got dive in vitamins, we got put input in vitamins, we got liquid vitamins, we got hard shell vitamins, we got uh, soft gel vitamins, we got put them under your tongue vitamin, put them in your eye, pump them in your ear, wherever it touches you, it'll make you well. It's a snake oil of the 21st century. I'm not saying that none of those things work. But you know you could really just get in touch with God and take care of stress when you allow Him to handle your problems and not you. Okay, so the Bible says that when these things begin to take place, that God has not given us a spirit of love, power, but of a sound mind. He's not given us a spirit of what? Fear. A spirit of what? Fear. A spirit of what? Fear. That is a dominating spirit that gains dominion in your life because you handle things your way. And it doesn't matter if God wants to handle them differently. It's just that you decide to handle them your way. So we're going to be talking about getting rid of these things. Let's go to John 14, 1 through 3. John 14, 1 through 3. Let not your heart be... That word troubled is related to the same word as stress, anxious, and worry. Let not your heart be imprisoned by fear. What sets it free? A belief system in God. Let not. Now that reveals us something that we don't like. We all have a responsibility. The heart being the center of all physical activity. Now, you're not to let that heart be troubled. Where does that type of trouble come in? And have benefits through stress. Where does the next one come in? Anxiety. Peace of mind. The third is the ability to resist or to take away a place of habitation. The spirit of fear. Now I'm telling you these things so that you can help your children and so that you can live a faith-filled life. Because when these things are in motion, the devil is cutting something off from you. Now let's go down to John 16, 33. Don't let your heart be troubled. In other words, emphatically, take a violent stand against trouble. These things I have spoken unto you. What thing? John 13, 14, 15, 16, and even 17. These things I have spoken to you that in me you might have... Might have what? Might have what? Now, in the world, you will have tribulation, trouble, 
persecution, stresses, anxieties, worries, and attempts of the devil to dominate your life. That's what you'll have in life. It says, but that you might have peace. Why does Jesus tell us not to let our hearts be troubled? Because just as our heart, physical heart, is the core of our physical well-being, our heart, our soul, our intellect, our renewed mind is the strength of our spiritual connection with God. Come on, go to get an amen. amen. Absolutely. Remember that we have our minds renewed, proving what is acceptable, perfect will of God. So if we could keep your mind unrenewed, if we could keep it away from the things that Jesus gave you, the things that he's done, the things that the devil is trying to do in your life, then he could keep you away from knowing God's will. So now he gives you peace. Somebody say peace. peace. Peace means this. It is a great assurance. It is the center that man is able to stand and resist in troubled times even though he does not see an end. Assurance. Jesus gave us and assurance. Peace gives us the assurance in troubled times in order for us, somebody say, in order for us to be set again. In other words, when trouble comes, bang, we're knocked down. Strife comes, bang, we're knocked down. Anxiety comes, we get confused. Worry comes. Now we are overwhelmed. And the spirit of fear is ever so meticulously, deceptively building a place of expression and dominion. But what it does, the peace of God even though these things come, they're going to come, they're going to come, they're going to come. You're going to come. You rock with the ship, but you aren't thrown out. You're, they're coming. They're coming. Oh, up and down, water's coming in. My clothes are wet. Oh, there goes my fishing pole, the bucket, the bucket, the communion table. Oh, Jesus, help us. No. Peace. Get a hold of yourself. Set. Rethink. Reorder your thinking, your attitude, your insight, your view of God's provision. Take a stand. It's a new start. You might fall seven times, but yay, a righteous man gets up. So we understand that Jesus simply stabilizes us puts us to a place that we can stand up again and have a new start to overcome. A new start to overcome. Jesus says, be careful for nothing through the Apostle Paul. He simply means this. 
Handle everything by faith. We say, well, how, how, do you, well, how do you know he's saying that? Let's go to Philippians 4 and look at verse 6. Notice what Jesus does. He doesn't tell us just, you know, float through heaven and hum a few verses and a few numbers. No, no, no. He tells us, ah, there you go. Be careful for nothing. For nothing. But in some of the things, why? Why, why all things? Because it's the little things that make you think that you can handle them from yourself that take you to an arena of anxiety that you can't and to a place of worry that you can't even think right to the place of the dominion of fear. Be careful for nothing. But in every what? In every what? Good, we got about a half of us here. Everything what? Well, well, we got about a third here. In everything what? By prayer and supplication, let your request be known unto God with thanksgiving and that peace, that great assurance of unshakableness will keep you. What does God tell us? Handle everything by a choice to live by faith. That's prayer. Prayer is simply telling us, make the choice to live by faith. Supplication is put faith into action. Petition God. Remind Him what He said. Then after that, take a stand and trust in His faithfulness. What is thanksgiving? A declaration of God's faithfulness. A declaration of God's faithfulness. See, we have to choose the way of faith. Amen? Then we have to present God's promise or God's resolve for the problem. We then begin to input our stance in God's faithfulness despite the evidence. Despite the evidence. That's what Thanksgiving does. So don't be worrisome about anything. Don't take care for nothing. Choose the life of faith. Present your problem and God's answer to him. Put him into remembrance. When that has happened, because he doesn't fail, now take a stance of thanksgiving. Take a stance of thanksgiving. Amen? Then what do we do? What do we do now? Do we just, just say thank you, thank you, thank you? Oh, no, no. Here comes the threats of all of the battle that stress gives place to anxiety, anxiety gives place to worry, 
and worry gives place to fear, and that's found in Philippians 4, 8. Finally, my brethren, now remember, you chose a way of faith. You've put God into remembrance of what he said about your situation. You've taken a stand to let the faithfulness of God run its course. Now, what are we supposed to do? Now, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, next verse, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, do what? Do what? Do you know that all stress is related to the way you think about how you're going to handle it? You're going to handle it on yourself? Welcome to the emergency room heart attack. Hmm. Anxiety? Thoughts start flooding in. Yeah, you can sort them out. You aren't always anxious and moments of peace and so forth. But pretty soon, you start thinking, oh, I can handle this. I get a little St. John's warmth, St. Susie's ointment, a little uh, rabbi oil, a little... Uh, uh, you know, uh, you know, mustard seed, uh, a little cat urine, a little cow dung or something, and, and hallelujah, three slaps on and I'll be well. Okay, it'll make you stink, but it'll make you no better. And then pretty soon, here comes the worry. You don't have the ability to ward off or to carve out a place to start again, you are now overwhelmed. You are overwhelmed. And Satan has begun to lay the roots of the dominion of a spirit of fear in your life. Wow. You might say, oh, that, that, that's pretty heavy. No, it's not heavy. It's just that we never think like this. And so we're all just, well, you know, don't be careful about anything. Don't be, no, no, listen, these are your enemies. They are all Trojan horses waiting for the conqueror, dominator of fear to set up in your life. So, you say, well, you know, sometimes I worry. Why? You think you're bigger than God? Well, well you know, there might be things. No, no, no. Don't you know that God has you, uh, knowledge that you have need of all these things? And before you ever prayed, he's already provided for them. Don't you remember that he said, which one of you, by taking one thought about the care of yourself, could care for you more than God cared for you? Which one of you could do that? None of us. None of us. So, when you start 
getting under stress. How about you realize this, that that being under stress has loosed a roaring lion. And he is seeking to smell stress. To get an aroma of anxiousness. To get a nose full of worry. And he's going to continue to go around. And when he goes around, he's going to make little signs. God's too busy for you. Never happened for you. Well, look at so-and-so. That never worked out. Well, you know you tried this once. Never came to pass. Well, you know what? Every time you try it, you know you just start more trouble with the devil. Isn't it better just to live beneath Jesus and without him? Why don't you just go to church, praise the Lord, pay your tithe, and hope you'll die early? That's all the sounds that the lion is making as he's surrounding looking for those whom he may devour. Take control over, ravage, and destroy at his discretion. Hmm. Now, what do we do after we make a choice to use faith? Then we release faith. Supplication a presentation of our action towards God's promise. And then we are to be thankful. Now comes the battle for the territory that stress once had, that anxiety once held, that worry has already taken any godly order of and has ushered in the beginning of a spirit of fear. Now, what are you supposed to do? You're going to have to think. Somebody say think. You're going to have to get your thinking right. Somebody say get your thinking right. Remember that a double-minded man is unstable in how many of his ways? Woo! So you start thinking, all oh, stress, we can handle that. Yeah, but God said this. Yeah, but we don't need God on this one. Double-minded man, you aren't going to get anywhere or get anything. Then anxiety, then worry, you aren't going to get anything because you've chosen the path without faith. So let's do this. Let's say, okay. I am going to stop being stressful. What that means is you got to quit making yourself the answer. Yeah, but 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 pastor, my word you can do, come on. Come on what? You think you can run your business better than God? That might be why you're only producing 40% when you ought to be producing 110. Oh, but we're doing real good. You're doing good compared to you. 
you're getting spiritual scraps. But if God alleviated you from stress, then you could live in the fullness of faith. You wouldn't be worried about, well, what about this distributor? Well, what about that guy? Well, what about this? Hey, uh, hey, can you give us this many deals? Can you, hey, can you cut back on this? Or, hey, could you give us a sale? Or could you? Is that what you think the blessing of God is? Is everybody else taking less so you can get more? <laughs> Come, you don't even, you do not believe that. Well, what we need is another hundred-year flood so we can get some more business. Then what you need? Well, I guess. No, what if you didn't have any stress? And God allowed you to cast your care about every business decision, every business choice over on him and that he would bring blessing instead of you finagling and chiseling it out. You know, I've never, I don't, I don't know that I have now. I know that Phyllis has. Phyllis is a wheeler and dealer, and it's just in her nature. She's just cheap. And, and, and e even if she had a billion dollars, and wanted something all of her life, she thinks it's shutting God off if she doesn't get a discount. Well, I want God to bless me by taking bread out of somebody else's mouth. Now, I don't think like Phyllis, so don't, well, why don't you think? Don't even ask me that at their service. I, I don't care. I'm not looking for preacher bargains. I'm not looking for Christian discounts. I serve an all-providing God. And if I want it, I don't care what you charge me. I'm going to get it. But see, what if you didn't have any worries about everything coming out the right way? What if you went to bed at night and went to sleep instead of worrying about tomorrow's influx of customers? What if when you started getting thoughts that bombarded you that you would say, wait a second, let me establish a place of restart here. Let me establish God is my provider. Let me establish that God said if he built a home for birds, he'll build a home for me. Amen. What if we stopped Worry from overtaking us to the point that our minds were consumed with negativity. 
Now, most people that get this way, you know that Christians look down their nose at you because they're going to say, oh, he just needs to come back to earth. Please, don't pull me any closer than I am right now. I have never met anybody that was so heavenly minded they were no earthly good. But I have met millions of people that have been so earthly minded they are no stinking heavenly good. I'm not being mean to you. I'm just telling you how many, the different types of people I met. But see, we as Christians don't ward these things off. We think that this is the natural way to deal with problems. And that's just what the devil wants you to do. Please don't trust God. Trust in thyself. Be thy own God Almighty. Walk beside your still waters. Restore yourself and be your own man. No. They have said that Christianity is a religion for weak people. Weak-minded people and uneducated people. I'm a high school dropout. My mind, I'm not sure, even registers. And I guess I am weak. But in him am I strong. Amen. Now, let's just say that we have all these things going on in our lives. How many of you worried about a house? How many of you think about what am I going to do tomorrow? Where am I going to get a home? When am I going to get a home? Am I ever going to get a home? What about a job? God, what about an increase in my business? How can business go up? Well, God, I'm concerned about this. I'm concerned about that. Stop. Right now, just stop. Now make a choice with me. I will live by faith. Praise God. I'm telling you, the Nazarene church just got saved. We had three people say the word faith. I will live by faith. And in nothing... Will I be stressful, anxious, worrisome, or fearful? I will find the promise of God. I will present to God His promise. I will then activate my faith. And I will stand and see his faithfulness fulfilled. I will then govern or guard my thoughts. I won't let time, changing seasons, changing economy, people, or problems. Come in and abort my faith. I will not be stressful. 
I will not be anxious. I will not worry. And I will not be dominated by the spirit of fear. Now, whatever you have need of right now, whatever you have need of, whatever you don't have, stop stressing over it. Go to the Scripture and see what God said He would do. Just go and see what God said He would do. I remember one time, fellas, and I was coming out of the house. And uh, I told Phils, we got in the car, and I told Phils, you know what, I'm about tired of the car payment. She said, me too. And so we were headed towards, uh, I think it was Dodge City, up in Phoenix, Wapakoneta. <laughs> little re- restaurant on the mighty lake of Camp Out Explorer. That little Dodge City had a lady in it. She was a Christian lady. That lady's in our church today. And Phyllis and I were sitting there and we looked at each other and said, let's sow $50 so that we never have to have another car payment. Now, I'm not telling you to do this. I just chose, and Phyllis did, to live by faith. I just hated having a car payment. And so Phyllis and I sowed $50. I can't tell you the, whether Dodge's food, Dodge City food was good or not. All I know is it's shut down. And I don't know if that was the bad waitress or the bad food, but I'm presuming it was the food. We gave that woman $50. Well, sure enough, time went on, and pretty soon, somebody bought me a brand new Jeep Cherokee. At the same time, turned around and bought Phyllis a brand new Cadillac. Oh man, that's what I want. Before you choose to use your faith, remember that after you set up Thanksgiving, now come the thoughts. And so we did that. Now, since then, I've not had a car payment. Somebody has been very gracious to me and bought me brand new trucks every two and a half, three years. Even though I tell them they're crazy, they cost too much, and they just say, it ain't your money. I say, well, if you want to throw yours away, I'll help you throw it. (laughs) And so I just get a new truck. You say, well, what if they don't do it? (laughs) That's stress. That's anxiety. That's worry. That's not in my court. It doesn't matter. God is a provider of my transportation, whether I'm walking, flying, rolling down the hill, walking up the hill, or Phyllis gets me here in a wheelbarrow. 
it doesn't matter. I am not my own. I belong to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Now, I would, if I had a problem, I was stressful about. I would get all the promises that God said to me about the situation that I was stressful about. Trying to handle on my own. It might be little, but to God, nothing is little. He knows how the ant lives, and he knows how you live. And then I would look at those, and I would think about them. And then I would say, I'm going to choose faith right here. I'm going to choose faith. I'm going to take this off of me and put it over in God's care. He will do what he said he would do. And then I would set a date and release my faith. Then I would spend time every day, not just when you thought about it, every day. Somebody say every day. Every day. Every day. And I would thank God for him providing for me that which I needed. And I would be thankful. I'd set up times of praise through the week. Whatever you got to do. It's your faith. Use it. Care for it. Strengthen it. Feed it. Use it. That he may be glorified. And then I would start protecting my mind. That means I wouldn't invite other people to give me a part of theirs. Well, I'll just tell you what I think. I don't know. I don't see the book of Nag in here. I don't see the book of Brother Critical in here. So I think I'll just not let you know what I'm doing. I think I'm just going to do it my way. Amen? My way. I think that I'm going to do it the way that God told me to do it, and him and I are going to fight the battle. I'm not going to let you influence me by what you see, by what you feel, or by what you've been through. I'm not going to do it. So, and then I'm going to start watching all my thoughts. And I'm going to continue in praise. I'm going to continue in thanksgiving. I'm not backing out because God hasn't backed out. I'm not going to cave in because God's not caving in. Amen? I've made a decision. I will not stress, I will not be anxious, I will not worry, and I will not be imprisoned by a spirit of fear. Hallelujah. And then I would start using my faith. Now this is real easy for you to initiate. Look at what you have need of. What are you trying to get on your own? What are you trying to finagle? What are you trying to, you know, flim-flam? What are you trying to barter on? What are you trying to do? Now, I'm not against, and I've heard, oh, God's a Jew. Well, I understand that. He is. But 
That doesn't mean that I am. I'm just a spendthrift Gentile. Because I never remember Abraham making deals. But God did make him rich. So, do th- this is very applicable. Yes, but is. I'm telling you right now, that stress, anxiety, and worry are building blocks to a spirit of fear to dominate your life. Come on, we're not going to live by fear. God gave us a spirit of love, power, and of a sound mind. And so we're not going to fear. We're not going to worry. We're not going to do any of that. Amen? You ever worry about Jane leaving you? I mean, if there was any concern in that, I know it'd be on your side. But you don't ever do that, do you? Why? Because you've got enough money now to buy another one. No. No. Why don't we fear certain things now? Because we have confidence. We have boldness. Hallelujah. Next week, you and I, next Monday, we're going to do a five-day fast. We're going to bring that little grandchild of yours And we're going to pray for that little grandchild, and that little grandchild is going to be healed. There's no sense in strifing, worrying, anxiety, none of that. No fear about tomorrow or come January. We're going to see God's hand in the now. That is the salvation of the Lord is now. Amen? And so we're going to do it now. Amen? Right now. We're going to believe God in the now. Hallelujah. I'm looking for a young lady, and I need to find her. Uh, is Kylie here? Is, is Kylie here, Nick's wife? Oh, there you are. You got her up in the dark now. Now you got her married. You don't want nobody else to see her. Hallelujah. You know, Kylie, when I was preaching, getting ready to preach this morning, your name came to me. And you deal in this anxiety and worry. You just deal with that. I, I don't know if, where it come from, but I'm telling you this, that God is not going to let a spirit of fear dominate you. You know this, that you're accepted not only by your husband, but by your church and by God. And there's nothing that can take you out of the hands of the love of any of them. So God would say to you, Kylie, be encouraged. Be strong. Doesn't matter how many times that you have fallen, you have failed, or you have think that you've missed the mark. Because nobody's done with you until you're done with you. You be encouraged. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Let's lift our hands up towards heaven. Now, tonight we have with us Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. And you're going to be blessed. You're just going to be blessed. He's going to preach the house down and uh, 
He's just going to demonstrate tonight in the gifts of the Spirit, signs and wonders. And I'm believing God that a canopy will come upon this house and upon you and I. Because God is about to usher us, 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 into a move of the supernatural. I believe that the days of Pentecost are about to be reunited. I believe that they're about to be set afire again. I believe that the church will rise and shine with the glory of God, with no shame, no shame, hallelujah, no shame. But just she'll rise up and be a people of blessing, victory, and fortitude in God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Would everybody stand to your feet for just a moment? Now I'm getting ready to give an altar call. If you've lived in a life of fear, a life of stress, a life of anxiety, wondering what tomorrow will bring, wondering where you will spend eternity. Maybe life has already destroyed all that you sought. And you are at the end of your ropes. There's only one place that life can be mended. There's only one place that it can be repaired. Only one place that there's enough love to heal you and to forgive you. And that's right here when you meet Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. I'm going to ask everybody to pray this prayer with me today. Say, Heavenly Father, I believe in Jesus. I believe that He was your Son, your only begotten Son. I believe He is the truth, the way, and the only life. I believe He died for all of my sins. And I believe that on the third day you raised him from the dead. And you have declared him Lord and Christ, the King of all kings and the Lord of all lords. And I believe he is now alive. Now Jesus, come into my heart. I receive you now by faith. I believe in you and I know you believe in me so I give you my life and I receive your salvation in Jesus name amen and amen now if you're here today and you prayed that for the very first time I want you to just simply raise your hand and say pastor I, I prayed that for the very first time Come on, if that was you, raise your hand up. Hallelujah. Come on, let me see it. All righty, praise God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Jared, 
You know that God makes a way where there is no way. You know that God can make something that doesn't even exist because of a promise. You know that? Jim, didn't your son go to college and he needed a job? He needed a way to pay for college. And when he went there, they created a job for him that had never existed. And he got the job and they gave him the scholarship and he still is there today. He graduated, yeah. You know what, Jared? I believe that God is about to make a job where no job has been. I believe that God is about to use your talent and your skill for you. That you can rise to the level that you have created through education. Some way, I don't know how it's going to come, but I do know that it's going to happen. And believe me, God can do it. God can do it. Amen? God can do it. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord of glory. Now, Father, we thank you for all that you've done. We thank you, God, that you're the healer of the brokenhearted. Father, for people today that would say, I want to choose faith. And God, maybe they just need a little insight. Maybe they just need a little wisdom. Father, I'm going to ask people to come up here today to pray. And we're going to pray for people that are deciding today to choose faith. Your marriage is not too far gone. You are not too far buried financially. You are not beyond the hope of God. You are not to the place that God has forgotten you. He's here. And God, I just ask you to encourage those that are here. Encourage those, God, that have made a decision today that, you know what? I'm going to make a determination. I'm going to live by faith. God, I'm going to find out the way you said to do it. I'm going to release my faith. Then, God, I'm going to stand. I'm going to be a man of thanksgiving and of praise. And, God, I will guard my thoughts in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. 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 Ed, can you come up? John and Nita, can you come up? Uh, Gerald and Jean, can you come up? Just come up. If you need someone to pray with you, we're going to pray with you. How are you doing, Dan? I know you're waiting to get married someday. Soon. Have you found anybody? Where? Oh, did you ask her? Oh, okay. All right. Hallelujah. 
Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Bob, will you come up here and, and help them pray today? Father, in the name of Jesus, if you need faith, if you need prayer today, please come. Step forward. Let these people encourage you. Join their faith with you. I decree over you the blessings of God. I decree over you that that which you hear, that you will mix faith with. I decree unto you that the truth will set you free. I declare unto you that God will make a way where there is no way. I declare unto you that the God that cannot lie has spoken a way for your life. I declare unto you that you are above and not beneath. I declare unto you that before the battle started, God gave you the victory. I declare unto you that you are the head and not the tail. You are above only and not beneath. You are the apple of God's eyes. You are the seed of Abraham, the friend of God. Father, we thank you for it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. God bless you tonight at 6.30 with Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. Hi, live streamers. Thank you so much for joining us. We want you to know that we love you guys and are so happy to have you with us. Stay connected with us here on social media and remember to share when you're joining us live to spread hope to others. We will see you here next time.